All right, how we doing, everybody? It is 5-8-20. I am your host, Will Reddington, and welcome to another episode of Red Talk. Awesome episode today. We have Dakari Johnson. Dakari was a key member on the 2014 and 2015 Kentucky Final Four teams. He also spent three seasons in the Oklahoma City Thunders organization, and he's the reigning finals MVP of the NBL in China. Dakari and I reminisce on the UK days, talk about Coach Cal's impact, why he chose Kentucky, and what it was like in China when this pandemic began, plus a lot more. Before we get started, our show is brought to you by O'Shea's Irish Pub. All three O'Shea's locations are still thriving in the midst of a pandemic thanks to their awesome customers. Check out O'Shea'sLouisville.net for the menu and the hours at all three locations. All right, let's get it going. We now welcome on a very special guest, a key player on back-to-back Final Four teams for the Kentucky Wildcats, a former member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the reigning Finals MVP of the NBL in China, Dakari Johnson. Dakari, thanks for coming on. How's everything going? Uh, no problem. No problem. You know, um, it's a pleasure to be here, you know, talking to you guys. Um, I'm doing good, just trying to stay put. And uh, it's kind of boring, but I'm enjoying myself. Love to hear it. So I want to start with what you're doing right now, and then we'll backtrack to the Kentucky and the OKC days a little bit. So you're in China playing basketball when this whole coronavirus thing starts. Talk to me about what was going through your mind as you start hearing about that. Yeah, no, it was crazy. So at the time, um, we had one game before we – it was Chinese New Year's before we had a break. So after the game, you know, they started giving us masks, and they were just telling us um, a couple people are getting sick in Wuhan. It was just a city. I didn't know what Wuhan was at the time, but they're saying just a couple of people getting sick. So we're just giving everybody masks. And the next day I actually flew out for uh, my vacation for because we were off for two weeks anyway. So I flew to uh, Singapore and Bali. And um, during the time, you know, the week is going by and I'm just watching the news and the numbers keep on rising in China. And I'm texting my translator, my agent, like what's going on? Like, I'm not going back unless I figure out, like, nobody. I'm just watching the news. They're not telling me this. So, And then uh, I think it was three days before I had to go back um, to report back to the team. And the translator basically just told me, like, um, we're, we're giving you guys permission to go back home until we everything is figured out over here. It's getting crazy. So now I flew back from Singapore straight to uh, back to the States, to Dallas, and then Dallas to Atlanta. And it was just crazy in the airport. It was crowded. Everybody's trying to get back. It's crazy. I can't imagine. So you hear about that. You come home. Are you hearing anything from the league? Like, when did you realize how serious all this was going to be? Uh, I, I'm just watching the news while I'm on vacation, basically, you know, in the in the room. And it basically was like, you know, a lot of people are starting to get it in China. And then, but at the time, it was like Chinese New Year. So everybody's traveling to different places. So then a a man got infected in Singapore and I'm like, damn, I was just there. Like I went from Singapore to Bali and then like the air, the airport, the airplanes, um, there's extra screening now. They're cleaning, disinfecting it. It was just crazy, you know, and that was like the start of it. So um, our translator, we're telling our translator, like, look, we're not going back unless like, like what's going on, what's really going on. And they basically said, they advise us to go back home until everything's figured out. So I've been back home and 
they've been trying to get the league started, but it keeps on getting pushed back and pushed back. Um, I think there's a travel ban right now to even go into the country, so I don't think it's possible to even for me even to go back. Gotcha. So unlikely that the league resumes anytime soon. The last I heard, they they we were supposed to start at the end of April, then they pushed it back to end of May, and last I heard, it was like July, but I don't know. I saw you were having a pretty big year. It looks like you're averaging 23 and a half points and 14 and a half boards. So I'm sure you wanted to keep playing, but it's always important. Exactly. Yeah. I, I know they've been, we've been trying to because um the team I'm on right now, they, they, I don't think they ever been to a playoffs or they've been one time before. And uh, we were in prime position really to um, be in a good spot in the playoffs. So I know they were trying, they was, they was really pissed about it and, I kind of was mad. I was having a great season. So Definitely. You're in a situation like LeBron James, and that's always cool to say. So coming off a finals MVP, what's life like in China every day? Are you like a Steph Curry level of famous after he comes off uh, the finals MVP? <laughs> so, so yeah, that was the NBL summer. So China has two leagues. The first league runs, I think, from October to around like March. And then the second league is during the summer. So, um, the first part of that summer, I was actually just working out and stuff like that. I didn't even plan to play in the NBL, uh, but then the team called me and gave me a contract, and I went up there for just the playoffs. So once I got there, it was a lot of they're basically bringing me in to kind of win it. Yeah, and it was crazy. You know, um, that that team was a great team to play on. Um, Taylor Rochester was a good teammate. He's the other foreigner on my team. Um, he's kind of older than me, but you know, um, I learned a lot from him during that time. And it was just crazy. It was like a it was it was like a small gym, but it was always packed. And it was just like all the fans love you, you know. Um, you know, I'll forever. I still talk to the management to this day. They're just asking me, I'll do it if they can send me masks and stuff like that. So yeah, you know, they really treat you well in China, you know, if you embrace their culture. And plus I embrace their culture really, you know, just talking to them and stuff like that and just not shying away. So China's a, it is it's a very different place, but at the end of the day, you know, I got accustomed to it and, you know, just show love. Playing basketball overseas is something different for every player. Some guys love it. They stay in one place. They find a new home and other guys are on a different team every single year. What's next for you? Are you planning on staying in China if all this coronavirus stuff has worked out or are you thinking about going uh, over? Yeah, I don't know. With me, every year is kind of in and out. Just I, I usually make my decision around July. You know, China's been good for me the past two years. You know, it's a good contract. Um, you know, I'm used to it. The team that I've been on, you know, I'm used to the team. I know all my teammates. I'm cool with the management. So, you know, everything's been going great so far. Um, but every year kind of changes with me. It depends, like, on what happens. Yeah, definitely. It, I was looking at some of the rosters today, and it looks like you might see in between two and five American players on each team. And I was kind of yeah. wondering, what, what's uh, communication like with your teammates? I know that's really important growing up, talking to your guys on the court, and I imagine that's pretty difficult to do with the language barrier. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, um, our team, they use, we have like two or three translators because um, we also, we last year we had a, a Serbian coach too. So, you know, they have to translate for the coach, but um with our team, one of my good friends, you know, he's Chinese, but he spends his summer working out in L.A. I call him Jetpack, but he he knows real good English, so he helps out a lot, too. And that's a person I actually hang out with off the court, too, a lot. You know, he has he knows barbershops. Somehow I lucked up. I, I just let him shake me up, but uh, I hang out with him off the court. And, 
you know, a lot of the like, they they get normal English. They know kind of how to understand. I think basketball is kind of universal language. You know, simple things, and that makes it easier. And you know, if you really just connect with them, they're gonna embrace you. So, you know, the language barrier isn't that hard. I would say like the simple things in China, like I'm thankful for now that I'm back in the States, like just grabbing a taxi, like that could be adventure because you don't know where you're going all the time. But I, but on the court, it's great. So you're a hired gun. You come in, you win this team a championship, but you also miss Trey Hayden's wedding. Was it worth it? <laughs> yeah, it was worth it. You know, I may not play. You know, I, I wasn't there, but, you know, Trey's my guy. Uh, we went on vacation once I got back. So hopefully I made up for it. I saw the pictures, incredible <laughs> photography from that. Yeah, uh, it's it crazy. Probably, yeah. Do you guys have a photographer? Is that kind of stuff just happening? Because those things can be just hung on walls for you. Oh, no, nah, my friend, my friend Jason, he takes pictures. So he took some pictures for us. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, uh, I really wanted to ask you this question. So Big Blue Nation is literally everywhere. They dominate Rotarinas all season every year. Have you ever oh, yeah. seen a Kentucky jersey in the crowd in China? Actually, hold on. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, they everywhere. Oh, here we go. You can't really see the flag, but you can tell. I don't know if you see it. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. There, yeah. <laughs> so that was actually in China, you know, uh, doing one of my games. So they are everywhere. Um, they love Kentucky, man. They, they, they read all about you, but I've seen Kentucky fans everywhere. When and they you- remember you, so. Yeah, definitely. When you see a Kentucky fan at your game at a place like that, I'm sure you're just like, damn, like they really are everywhere. Do you do oh, anything? Yeah, I, had, I had to take a picture with him. Like, For sure. That's I what I was wondering. Yeah, you come to China, it's crazy. He wasn't even from that city. He just uh, did college in the States and he was a big Kentucky fan. So. Gotcha. So let's go back a little bit. You're the number one recruit coming out of New York. Number one big man in your recruiting class. You play high school basketball with D'Angelo Russell and Ben Simmons. You guys had to just dominate high school ball, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. D. Russ and Ben, they my guys. Um, we definitely, we, it definitely, looking back at it, you know, high school, we won a national championship uh, when I was a senior. And then I think after I left, they won back-to-back. So it definitely was. We had a lot of guys on that team. We had Casey Hill, um, Devin Williams. Uh, he played at West Virginia with the Goggles. Who else? We had just a bunch of people on that team. So, yeah, we definitely did run high school basketball yeah. It looked like it. So you have your final three or four. It looks like narrowed down to like Syracuse, Georgetown, maybe Florida and Kentucky. What made you want to go to Lexington? Uh, just the, my relationship with the coaches. You know, they were really um, thorough. And Kentucky is like probably was num- is the number one program, you know, for me. So just knowing the coaches, they came and saw we had a bunch of meetings with my family. And Kyle, he looks out for you like he's going to look out for you. He tells you the truth. Uh, that's the one thing I like. He was personable and, you know, you could tell what he means. So if Coach Cal does one thing, it's get guys to the NBA. He's the best in the world. At sure. it. That, that, yeah, that was a big thing, too. So You spend two years at Kentucky. Your first one, you guys enter the NCAA tournament as the most dangerous eight seed in the history of time. Right. At that time, <laughs> yeah. Your yeah, minutes yeah. are going up and up. How confident was that team going into that 2014 NCAA tournament? Uh, we had nothing to lose. Um, we had nothing to lose. We just came in. You know, we was an eight seed. Um, I don't think a lot of people, you know, uh, really could say that they saw us going that far. But, you know, it was just that run was crazy. Like from the from the Wichita State game to Michigan game to going to the fight, that whole thing was that whole experience was like, a dream. It was crazy. Unfortunately, we couldn't cap it off, but like 
like that was a once in a lifetime like environment right there. Probably one of the only times in the history of Kentucky's program that they got to play that underdog card because usually Kentucky- yeah, we was really yeah we was an underdog like even the Wichita State game like it was the flip the script was flipped so yeah it was just crazy like that whole experience. Wichita is undefeated at that point. You beat them and. What's crazy about all those wins, it's one thing to make a run like that, but to have every game seemingly come down to the final shot. I mean, that's what made it. That's what made it so crazy. And even watching those games uh, a couple of weeks ago, they was playing replays like that. Like you can't make that stuff up. Like it was just crazy from start to finish. Um, just it was like the Wichita State game was down the wire. Louisville game, Michigan game, Wisconsin. Like it was just crazy. It was back to back to back like every weekend. It was. And the dream game against Louisville, it's it's what all fans want. <laughs> and I, I have to say, exactly. Louisville's, Louisville's coming off a title. They're four seed, underseeded, one year in the American Athletic Conference. And we see Kentucky come up in the eight line. And I'm like, well, here we go. I know how this is. Oh, you know, you know how the NCAA, they set that set, set that up all the time. They're going to set those matchups. Oh, in such a cruel manner. But this game, I, I've watched it over. It breaks my heart every time. But it, it's cool now <laughs> that I uh, watch you have so much success there. But Willie Cauley-Stein gets hurt in this game. And now you're heavily relied on. Like, you, you don't have a choice but to perform. You go out there, 15 points, six rebounds. How did coming through against our rival and defending champion Louisville feel? I felt great. You know, uh, yeah, Willie got hurt. Um, I just had to step up. It was the next man up. And I had nothing to lose at that point. You know, I felt like our whole team had nothing to lose. But it definitely felt great, especially doing it against, you know, your rival in the biggest and a winner-go-home situation, like, that's something you can only dream of. The crowd in that arena. I, I was there that day, but that really stood out rewatching the game. Yeah, that crowd, yo, it was crazy. Every basket, <laughs> it seemed like one side was just screaming. Like and we, and we was going side. back and forth. We was going back and forth all game. You know, uh, Russ Smith, he's a good friend of mine from New York. And just going up against him, it was back and forth. It was crazy. Yeah, that one little stretch in that game, I, you score back-to-back times down the floor. I, I think they're actually both and ones, and you're kind of going back and forth with Luke Hancock keeping your team in the game there. At Louisville, if they were weak at one position that year, it was probably center. And you get Van his fourth foul with six and a half minutes left in the game. It was just such a dominant performance. Yeah, it was crazy. You know, that that game was – well, it was probably my best my best game as far as, like, the tournament and just the pressure. That was probably like my best game in my college career. Hey, you're draining free throws. I mean, you stepped up in all facets of the game. You made Louisville's time scoring at the rim so much harder than it could have been. And your first Final Four appearance, you beat Wisconsin. You have 10 points, seven boards. You win the game, and now you're in the ship. I mean, that team, they had lost three of four to end the regular season. Did anything change to get you all to that point? Uh, you know, Coach Cal just did a good job with us, just like, you know, keeping us on our toes and just telling us, like, we, we basically was the underdog. We had nothing to lose. You know, a, a lot of people didn't believe in us, so we just came out there and just played played our game. And, you know, he did a good job of just scouting and making adjustments on because in the NCAA tournament, that's you got to you got to make adjustments on the fly because you playing a different team every time. So, you know, one team may do something different than other teams. So. It was just, I, I would think, a combination of us not caring, like, um, who we play and, and just coming out with a chip on our shoulder and then a combination of, you know, the coaches, you know, mentally preparing us for that. The next team, the 2015, the platoon squad, 
more talent than possibly any college basketball team in the history of time. What was it like practicing with those guys every day? Oh, those practices was crazy. Like, um, you, you, your matchup, you going, you going, your matchup is an NBA player every day. So every day you had to compete, um, you know, but we all had love for each other. But with, with practices, some practices was like they said, it was harder in the game. But um, yeah, that, 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 that was crazy. So I'm sure something like that, it gets you ready for anything. It gets you ready for exactly. basketball. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, you, you go through this season. Right now, you're averaging 23 and a half and 14. You're clearly beyond capable of absolutely dominating a basketball game. You go to Kentucky, they have all this talent. Did you ever regret not going somewhere where you maybe could average 20 and 10 and get 35 minutes? Because those places were out there. Uh, yeah, they're out there, but I think going to a place like Kentucky, it prepares you so much for any situation. I felt like if I went anywhere else and put up those type of numbers, I wouldn't be as prepared as I am now to be thrown into like an overseas situation. And like, because overseas is cutthroat. Like, you got to either perform or they, it's, you know what I'm saying? Or you got to make a reputation first. It's like, after college, it's like you're starting all over again, like being a professional. You go from all the way to the top, and you're a rookie now, basically. So you're starting from the bottom, and you got to prove yourself over. So I felt like Kentucky like prepared me definitely for any situation, from adapting to and just the grind, keeping a regiment, basically, of you know the extra work and putting your extra work in because the next person, you got to compete. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's all, that's all it's about is competition. Every minute at Kentucky is earned, not given. You know, it's earned, not given. So I felt like that prepared me for the long run and being prepared for any situation I'm thrown into. Who was your best friend on that loaded 2015 team? Are there any that you still keep uh, today? Yeah, you know, I talked to a lot of a lot of them guys, but I don't really have no. It, all of us was close. You know, what I'm saying we all keep in touch. So I wouldn't say there's there wasn't there was any best friend or anything, but definitely, you know, we definitely keep in touch. Just through Instagram, you know, mess. A lot of us play overseas now, so we keep in touch that way. You know, Alex was in China for a little bit. So um, definitely keep in touch that way. Devin Booker, he's your teammate in 2015. He is the craziest thing ever. When you look back at his college career, you know, he's playing less than half the game on average because of how talented that team was. Did you know at that time how capable he was of becoming a star? Uh, not, not like how he is now, but I knew he had it in him for sure. I knew the way he worked. I knew, I knew the way he worked and, you know, Kentucky prepared him for that. So I felt like even though he's playing half the game, the way he worked, he was going to find that success. Definitely. And you talked about 2014. You have this this underdog chip on your shoulder. We have nothing to lose. The next year is the complete opposite. We have everything to lose. Exactly. <laughs> you know, sports is so up and down. It's wins and losses. I, what was that season like, not losing a game for that long? Yeah, it was crazy, you know, because that's all that was talked about. Like, how 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 long can that team go without a loss? You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, we, we did up into the Final Four. But, you know, just the pressure that comes with it, but also that we prepared ourselves mentally for that going up against practice. So I felt like we was prepared mentally. That that game against Wisconsin, you guys probably win that game seven out of 10 times. That team was a back-to-back final four. That, that's that's kind of like the, the, the NCAA tournament. That's how it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, one game, one bad game and you're out. But like you said, seven out of 10 times we would have won that game. But 
you know, they played they hats off to them because they played a good game. But I don't even like bringing that game up. Man. I, I totally it's understand. <laughs> it's so unfair because everybody yeah, always wants right. to talk about that one and not the 38 that you all won in a row. <laughs> yeah, I, that game, I still I didn't watch a replay of it yet. I don't even want to watch that game. So. One more game from that season I want to talk to you about. How crazy was that UCLA game? I was watching some highlights from that today, and you're dunking the ball. <laughs> the score on the bottom line says 66 to 20. I'm like, oh, my. I mean, what was that like? Yo, crazy. Uh, up in Chicago, we was just on a roll. So, you know, the first platoon went out there, and they just started off, and then we came in and kept the rolling. It was just – that was a wild game for sure. That score, I think it was like 24 to 2 or something. I remember watching that thinking, yeah, well, these yeah. guys are never going to lose. And you pretty much did. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it was that was that, that every every game that year was like we we came out prepared. I uh, definitely saw it a few times. The following season, you enter the draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder take you in the second round. What was that moment like realizing that all your hard work had paid off? Uh, it was great. You know what I'm saying? I had, um, you know, a, a, a draft party in Brooklyn. Um, with my whole family around, it was just a surreal moment, just hugging my mom, uh, my whole family there. It, it was a great moment for me, for sure. You go spend two years in the G League with the OKC Blue. What was the G League experience like? It was it was actually it was a great experience for me, especially um, the Oklahoma City organization. They do a good job of like developing a lot of guys through that system and the system is great you know they put you in a great housing and and they really show you the coaches is top notch you know I still talk to those coaches to this day you know what I'm saying they always check up on me and it, it's just the routine that Oklahoma has as an organization that they follow from top to bottom they do a really great job of just you know taking care of those guys and and really preparing you and develop it, it was a great experience for me at the time, I'm young, but they, they do a great job with teaching you how to be a professional. The Thunders organization, they're one of the rare teams that, you know, they don't have that big market and they do have to build through the draft. And really just that one trade with Paul George, that's the only time you've ever seen them kind of go out and exactly. do something. So like they, that. they they really invest a lot on on their development. And it, it, it was great for me. You know, I loved it every every minute of it, even though, you know, the G League, you know, some people may look at it as a down, but it really prepares you about being a professional. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. And when I'm going through YouTube today looking for Dakari Johnson highlights, you, you type in the G League and every single clip, it's like 30 points, 26 points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 28 points. I, grow, I, I grew a lot in the G League. You know, they the G League is definitely a hard league to play in because basically everybody's working for a job. But at the same time, you know, it's definitely a great experience. And, you know, it, it's a it, you, you look at it as like an investment. Like if you spend a year there, it's like investing into your pro career because it can really jumpstart it. That's great that you made that progress. I mean, those numbers in the G League are insane. And I'm sure, you know, you go to the NBA, you're playing with the OKC Blue, you're dominating. But the 2016 Kentucky team, the year after you leave, they have an unbelievable backcourt. It's Euless and Murray. And they really were only missing that dominant big man. Did you ever regret not returning to Kentucky for one more year? Um, I didn't regret it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I made my choice and I made my decision. Um, and I was just ready. I, I felt like I was ready and I was just ready to start my professional career. But, you know, I, I don't have no regrets. No doubt. You spend the 2017-18 season with the Oklahoma City Thunder for the majority of it. There's no more Kevin Durant. Westbrook's the guy. What was it like spending a year as Russ Westbrook's teammate? Oh, uh, you know, it was great. You know, Russ is a real cool dude. Um, 
he take he takes all the rookies under their wings. He took me under his wings. Um, he's a real cool dude. You know, on the court, he's gonna be hard on you. He's gonna push you. But off the court, he he's, he's on the court and off the court. He's a great person. But um, yeah. I can see that. I mean, he, he seems really, really cool with his teammates and really, really not cool with seemingly everybody else. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the mentality he has, and that's the mentality you have to go by. So, you know, he, he, he really is one of the greatest teammates I ever had. You know, he looks out for you, and he definitely has your back through whatever. What was your favorite NBA memory? Uh, probably uh, my first I, – I started against the Clippers. Um, and I had a good game that game. Um, Steven was hurt. And I kind of, they kind of threw me in there. I think that was my favorite moment for sure. We won the game. I had a good game. So I watched a little bit of that today, and you hit that clutch mid-range jumper to make it one seventeen one oh nine with about two minutes left. It kind of extends it. You know, it it saves the game. Is that something you worked on since you left UK? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, that like the G League when I was in the G League, they worked with me that a, they worked with me a lot on that and uh, just the repetition. And, you know, that was definitely a feel-good moment. That was probably my best uh, NBA memory was that game and that shot. So For sure. Uh, Paul George as a teammate, what was he like? Paul George, um, he's the same way as Russ. You know, cool, you know, looked out for the rookies. Uh, Melo, too. Melo, they always, you know, was teaching us and, and just had us under their wings. You know, great teammates, great people. That sounds like an awesome experience. Uh, great people. That, that That's what made it easier because – you know, you have some vets, you know, even Raymond Felton was a good vet, even though he made us do a lot, but he was a great vet. And, and when you got vets like that, it just make everything easier. Now, that has to be a great experience, especially going forward now where you're more of like, you know, the star, the go to guy on your team. They're relying on you just having that type of kind of molding on your basketball. Yeah, mind. definitely. Yeah, yeah, it definitely helps you throughout your career because you pick you pick their brain and you pick what they do and you just carry it. For sure. Uh, you're not the only one in your family having success on the court. What have you thought about your little brother's success at Arkansas Little Rock? Uh, he's doing great. I'm happy for him. Uh, it, unfortunately, because my season got cut short, and his did too, but after the China situation, I got back and I actually got to watch him play for the first time in college. And it was great just seeing his growth. You know, he grew a lot. You know, they had something special down in Little Rock. Um they would they they was number one in a conference. It was looking like they was gonna make the tournament. We was really excited for that. Unfortunately, that got cut short too. But you know, I'm happy for him. Um, he started. He's playing good. Um, they have a real good coach down there, uh, Daryl Walker, who's who, who's really starting a great program. And hopefully next year they can kind of repeat what they did. They have a great point guard too. They have a lot of a lot of guys down there. I, I cannot imagine being a college basketball player. You know, it's it's different when you're and, a pro. It probably feels yeah. a little bit like a, you know, mini vacation, but you know you'll be back to have your season. You'll be back, like, yeah. And, then, and those seniors, I feel bad for the seniors, but, you know, uh, luckily they have a lot of young guys that's going to, they're going to come back next year and hopefully make the same noise. Definitely. Were you able to keep up with Kentucky basketball at all this year? Yeah, I did all the time. You know, I always, you know, keep up through Instagram highlights or whatever. You know, I'm on a different time zone, so I rarely watch the games. Yeah. But um, through Instagram highlights and stuff like that. Do you still keep up with Coach Cal at all? Yeah, all the time. Actually, um, when, when I came back from China, you know, I went out there for a game. I think it was their last home game, you know, just to catch up with the coaches. They wanted me to come down there. So it, it was a long time since I've been back in Lexington because it's hard for me to come back. But I'm still taking classes. Uh, online and stuff like that. But 
it was great to see all the coaches, KP, uh, Kenny Payne, all those guys. That's awesome. And that seems to be what every ex-Kentucky player says. You know, I, I still keep in contact yeah. with Coach Cal. And that has to be overwhelming for him, having so many guys in the NBA, so many guys having success that he has coached, even from Memphis. Yeah, but that's that. the thing about Coach Cal. He's, a, he's always going to um, look out for you. He's always going to have your back through whatever. And he's always going to reach out. You know, he, they still talk to my mom all the time. You know, uh, it's really a family down there. Coach Cal has come out. He, he still obviously wants college basketball to reign supreme. And you see some of these kids now choosing the G League over the NCAA. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that an 18-year-old can be ready for kind of what the G League is? Uh, I, I saw that. I really, I honestly, I don't know. I think they had a different type of program that they're doing. I really haven't um, kind of saw a lot of information on what type of program they're going to run. Like if they're actually going to be in the G League, like, playing G League teams throughout the regular schedule. I might have to look more into it, but, um, you know, it's a different route. But I think um, going for college for some people, you know, it's a great experience. But I think if if you think you're ready to jump into professionals, then why not? But at the same time, I don't know if you can beat that college experience. For sure. Uh, Last couple of questions here. What was it like? being on campus, like at UK, you're a basketball player, you're walking around. Compare that to how it, it feels now. Like you're doing some damage yeah. in China. Was like being a Kentucky basketball player like the biggest celebrity status you've had? Oh, it definitely was kind of overwhelming a little bit because you couldn't just, you know, go out and walk around. Just you always getting stopped. Yeah. And I kind of, it, it took a toll on me like after a while because, you know, you just want to be a regular regular kid but at the time I was you know it, it was fun just being on Kentucky campus but it did get overwhelming and now it's kind of like okay I kind of can lay back and just chill yeah I'm sure you miss it a little bit but yeah that makes sense yeah just a little bit but and China is kind of the same way too because you know you're tall and you're a foreigner so it's like you get kind of like the same attention a little bit but yeah, I, I miss it a little bit, but not that much. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Uh, I also saw, I don't know if this is correct or not, because I hadn't heard anything about this, but did you spend one season as a high school teammate of Joel Embiid's? Uh, the, that year he was playing, but I had to sit out because I transferred. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't play. Gotcha. I was wondering what yeah. he was like. Cause he at Kansas was yeah. so like, uh, you know, just unpolished. And then he turns into like one of the best big men in the yeah, world. Yeah, He definitely, he, I, he was skinny though at the time, but he definitely gained some weight. No doubt. Well, Dakari, do you have any possible plans to maybe give the NBA another shot? That's my last question. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. You know, if the opportunity uh, presents itself, I'll definitely give it one more round or one more go. Uh, just depends. You know, it's all situational with uh, what's going on now and then just, um, you know, contracts and stuff like that. It's all situational for me. So, you know, I'm a, that, that's definitely if I can get back in, yeah. But if not, you know, I'm going to just uh, whatever opportunity I can take. Definitely. Well, Dakari, I really appreciate you coming on. I have completely forgiven you for eliminating Louisville in the 2014. <laughs> it's all good. I'm glad you had a good game. But good. thank you so much for talking to me, man. No problem. I had to tap in. All right. Appreciate it, Dakari. All right.